0: I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Why are you Why are people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now two bitch. Five, four, three, two, one.
1: Where love and life come together. Come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. It's the moment we wait for all week long, or at least I do. (laughs) It's the Unlimited. Hey, we're back. Roxanne and Ace, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm doing great. I feel like this week is like, like I I blinked and it just was a blur. But, you know, coming off the Super Bowl and I know, you know, pretty much anything that you had going on party-wise, food-wise, I've kind of been in this food coma slash lack of sleep, you know, all (laughs) week. So I think if we all can catch up on that, then you know we're doing pretty good. How about you?
1: Well, we both celebrated anniversaries. It's so fun yes. that Valentine's Day is special for both of us. And so that's pretty spectacular because I'm as in love as the day I met him. I knew about three seconds into meeting him that this is it. It took him a little while longer, but I'll tell you what.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's so wonderful to have a great marriage. Is it not, Ace?
2: <laughs> amen. Amen. And, you know, and the thing Bonnie and I were talking about at our at our anniversary dinner was how it's the place of sanctuary where we can be transparent. You know, we accept each other's past. We look forward to each other's future, but we live in the present together and we just everything is real and raw and loving and beautiful. And I told her the other day, I said, I don't think I've ever been more obsessed with a woman in my life but you. And she was like, really? Like, like, (laughs) yes. Like, I'm not saying it because it's Valentine's. I'm like, like, I get jealous of like when I'm not with you. Like, there's just that element after. And and this was the year three of marriage. But we've been together, you know, almost five years. So it's kind of cool to and you guys are almost at the, you know, the decade realm. So, I mean, that's that's exciting. I mean, when you get to that point with someone. You're like, yeah, I I still really want to be with you and around you and and invest into each other and know how your day was and, you know, all of that stuff. You know, that's what makes it beautiful.
1: I keep waiting for the routine and the boredom to setting, the kind of tediousness of it, but it's not. And I give all the credit to my hubby. He's like, I'm going to pick your dress out for dinner tonight. And I thought that just, mm that's okay
2: with me. <laughs> See, I'm the other way. I go to my wife, I go, what are you wearing tonight? And she'll show me and I'll go, okay. And then I dress around her because I wouldn't dare try. Because if I tried to mix match and she go, babe, I'm not wearing that. If I get the, if I get the babe, then I know I've, I've crossed the line. I'm going too
0: far.
1: Well, I know you join me. And the celebration of the He Gets Us Super Bowl ad campaign, when the first little babies came running toward each other, black and white, mm. and hugging, I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. And then the, the second commercial, uh, funded in part by Hobby Lobby's David Green, which I've been able to tell people you and I met and interviewed together yeah. Which is really kind of special. And he has no ego whatsoever, by the way. He was like, If you don't have time, don't worry. I'm like, no, we really have time. Thank you very much. But what an an incredible thing to be looking at those commercials about Jesus during the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, it was great because like, you know, you see all the cutesy ones and you may or may not necessarily remember the 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 product that it was promoting or the movie or the event but you know i had just like come off this major like woo, when i saw the flash trailer because i was like Bad you know because <laughs> i was in you know little eight-year-old mode and then there was this ad for jesus and i was like wait was was that my jesus like like i had because sometimes it can be false messaging you know and you don't want it to lead people down a path that only leads them further away But it was it was so refreshing, like it set the tone, like I just felt like overall with those ads and a lot of the other commercials, things were a little cleaner this year, a lot more family friendly. It just had that vibe that the Super Bowl should be, which is that we can watch this with our family and enjoy it.
1: Now, I do want to say something about the critics. They are loud and proud right now. They're saying that if we were really being like Jesus, if this group that funded a billion dollar campaign for 3 years about Jesus had chosen to clothe, feed, shelter the homeless, it would have been more like Jesus. And I thought, well, do they have a point there? I will say this, to immediately criticize this campaign when they don't know what money's been given for the homeless to feed the homeless, right and to be angry that it's an evangelistic effort. And they say, we're tired of people who want to shove their beliefs down our throats. I did not get that feeling, did you, from this ad campaign, that an idea Mm -hmm. is being shoved down my throat? And, And if anything, it was about loving each other,
2: correct? Yeah. I mean, when the one ad that says Jesus loves the people you hate right now, I mean, that is 100% gut check, you know, while you're frustrated because the team you're opposed against is, you know, beating you or whatever, or you're just in that place of frustration with the world because everyone is loud about everything these days. And so it's very easy to just wear that chip on your shoulder that, you know, it barely, you know, tips to the left and you're going on a rant. And I think that's where, you know, I look forward to our time with Eugene Jacobs later today to talk about how we can be more spiritually fit and to be in a place where we are just loving like Jesus, that we are being more trans, more transparent with people around us rather than you did more of a, well, here's how I see it. Or here's how I think it should play out, because we're filtering our lives through Jesus that lives inside of us. And then how we translate that out, especially in a loving way, also is a representation of Christ to that person. And whether they know him or not, you still are either representing or misrepresenting him well.
1: When you've got 100 million people looking at something that is a message, a positive message about who Christ actually is, Hmm. I think that's a good thing. And others can say, well, the money could have been used wisely. uh, But back me to the Teddy Roosevelt quote about being able to be a critic when you're in the ring sweating Mm -hmm. and I wonder if the person that made this vicious post about how terrible it was if they're out serving the homeless every week do you see what I'm saying and how do they know that money hasn't been spent already for that and this criticism of evangelicals I'm so tired of them throwing the Bible around and being judgmental The last time I checked, I mean, my church was on the ground, totally church funded at every disaster we've had, loving people because of God.
2: Yeah. But here's the thing. The (laughs) math will work itself out. Even let's say that not a dime was given in those directions, but a certain percentage of people made a conversion as a result of those ads. And then they have even, and again, it's not people with deep pockets, it's people that are just willing to give a little. And if we all give a shot's glass worth, that pitcher fills up quickly. So we don't have to be overwhelmed by saving the world, you know, with all the millions we do not have, but we're all giving, you know, we'll 10 and $15 ourselves to death with subscriptions, but what if we 10 or $15 ourselves in the organizations that we're passionate about, that God lays on our heart, what a difference that could truly make.
1: And you make a really good point, Ace, because someone that watched that ad, when you called a number or you looked it up, 20,000 churches were involved in responding. Mm-hmm. What if that person in that moment gave their life to Christ? Here's where I get. I, I think that's numero uno is let's get people saved. Yep. Hell is a real place. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to be there.
2: Amen to that. Well, I know that when it comes to communication, texting, that's something my wife and I are very passionate about. But what are the ways that we could fall in love this year just through a simple text message?
1: This is so good. We're only going to do the top five because we could be here all night on these. But cheer (laughs) her up when she's having a bad day. Here's what one guy did. His wife was feeling under the weather, sort of fluish. She stayed home and he door dashed her favorite soup to her, swoon worthy. And Mm. he texted, of course, to let her know that her favorite meal was on the way. That's great.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, and I love too, as like, you know, my wife and I being in new schedules over the last year. Like there's certain times of the day that we just know each other's busy. But like if I go to like check my Facebook page or something, if I haven't been on in a while, before I even check that, I will message her first. Hey babe, how's your day? Now it may be sometimes and she's gone all day thinking I didn't message her, but she just didn't see the notification. But sometimes (laughs) it might be like 20, 30 minutes before I hear from her. But it is that quick little exchange. It's not anything deep or long or even overly romantic. It's just, hey, I was thinking about you. Can't wait to see you tonight. Those little things do add up all day.
1: Don't be clingy. And I thought, well, what does that mean? It means if you send a text and they don't answer right away, you send another one and they don't answer right away and no, you send yeah. another one. It e- doesn't work very well. Know when to tease her. And that sounds inappropriate, but it's... That flirting, mm. if if I, listen, you flirt with me, it's, I'm just a happy person.
2: <laughs> here's, here's what I found with that, if this helps, because I, I kind of okay. struggle with this a little bit. I may not know what her headspace is at work at, in the moment, or if, if she's with the kids and I'm, you know, maybe in a playful spirit and she's not there, I will send a GIF or some kind of a, you know, funny little movie clip. And then if she responds back playfully, then I'll go, oh, okay, yay! Now I can play a little bit. <laughs> but if, but if she's like, hey babe, you know, like if it's not a, you know, like if it's not anything that I like, I I don't want it to hit at the wrong time, because you know, I'm I'm trying to, like, love her well, and sometimes that might be just letting her vent about the frustration she's facing in that day.
1: That's really. Why, brilliant. Wow. Watch the movie that she wants to watch. You know, that's following up on her recommendations. I'll mention I want to see something. And then we did that with the whale. Wayne really wanted to see that. And he mentioned it months ago. And I said, Hey, we better hurry up. It's only at one theater. It's going to be there for five seconds. We've mm-hmm. got to get there. But I think it really is sweet, a sweet compliment for your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend when you remember things that they're excited about and then say, let's go do it.
2: Yeah, well I've found, especially for streaming movies, like if she wants to go to the theater, cause I'm such a movie buff, I'll go see just about anything. But she's like, yeah, let's go. To the- I want to see that. So The Whale was one, like it was the most recent one that we went. That I didn't think she wanted to see. But once she does, like, okay. And like I'm booking tickets in the moment. Like I didn't want to lose the momentum. But if we're watching movies at home, I just let her pick. Because if she's not into it, she's going to be double screening me. And the whole time watching with like one eye up there and one eye down. And, <laughs> you know, and so I, I can always tell. And she knows, she knows this. I'm going to out myself. She knows if she's not into something that she has within three days to decide if she does want to watch it or not. Cause I'm probably going to watch it without her. Oh, <laughs> and really? so it's, it's wow. that, yeah, she's like, she's like you're already like three episodes in, are you? Yeah, I am actually, you know? And so there's that, but, but again, I, I don't, there are certain, there's just certain things in your relationship that you can say, okay, you're into this. I'm into this. We are into these things. And it's okay to have the separates, but yeah, I, at least that's how it, it works at our house. It may not work for everyone, but that's how we cope through it.
1: Mybrotherscup.com, a big thank you to them. They named a coffee after me, and it's one of the sweetest things that's ever happened to me. And it is a bestseller of theirs. Mybrotherscup.com, click on the Roxanne blend. It all goes to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it makes people happy. They can smell it from another room and know it's my blend. It's yeah. really yummy.
2: Yeah, And this month, make sure you register at RoxanneAndAce.com so that you can not only get your own bag of the Roxanne Blend, but you'll also get the official Roxanne and Ace Unlimited mug. So register before the end of February to be a winner.
1: So some of us are really anxious. Forty million, as a matter of fact, deal with anxiety orders. So what are we so anxious about? And what are some of the things that we can do about it? One of the things that actually makes us very anxious, according to research, is technology. I, you know, love social media, but that post about the Super Bowl sent me over the edge a bit. And I thought, uh-uh, no, I can't be reactive on yeah. social media. And let it ruin my mood.
2: Sure. Well, and I think, too, we have to ask the question of, what do I need to pay attention to? And it's sorry to say, not our smartphones, there's a time and there's a time of day in which it's cool and appropriate. But if we're letting it, like there's even been moments, like if my wife and I are having a TV movie night or something, she'll get a message or, you know, an email from someone and, and she'll go, Oh no. And so we pause, we stop, we deal with whatever needs to. And those moments are going to happen, but it's in the dealing with it now that doesn't derail your whole night. And it's also allowing yourself to not carrying it to bed so that you worry about it overnight and you wake up at three o'clock, not able to sleep. So what are we paying attention to that's causing our anxiety to go up?
1: And what healthy and productive step could you take right now? You know, I, I got very stressed out at one point in my life, and I realized this plan of only sleeping five and a half hours a day for years on end was very destructive for my health. And you have to get real about it And some of it you don't want to do I mean, if I could stay up 24 hours a day I'm a very driven person And I'm very focused And uh, sleeping is, you know But now that I have rest (laughs) You're less stressed When you're rested So be healthy and productive And then the third thing is Who do we need more time with In this season (sighs) Who, when we're around them Lifts us up and encourages us and adds on to our life. Roxanne. (laughs) Ace, you know, and people know how much I love you. And it's funny because I think they bring you up with me just so I, because I, I gush because I just feel so fortunate, you know, to have a safe place, to have a friend that I know has my back.
2: Well, it was funny. i was I, I met a new worship leader at this church that I'm playing at, and I don't even remember how we got around to the start of the conversation. But I mentioned your name, and she goes, "You know someone famous." I go, "She's my best friend." <laughs> and, and so it was just in that moment. But again, yeah, because the thing that I've learned over the last year is you know how you go into someone's home or their office or somewhere, and there may be crosses or pictures of Jesus or Bible verses or, you know, E play, love, or whatever it is that helps them to be in a better head space, heart space. I feel like the things and the people we surround ourselves with is what either allows our anxiety to go over the charts or to be reduced. Like I remember when my girls were younger and I was having just one of those stressful days, they could put their arms around me for no other reason, uh, no other reason other than just, Hey dad, and, I, and even to this day, they're 19 and 22 and they still put their arms around me after I've had a 12 hour drive to see them. And I just I melt like there are those people in our lives. And I feel like if we could spend more time with them, it would show just not only that we have a healthy coping mechanism, but then do away with some of the things and people and places and whatnot that's making the anxiety go over the top because do you remember this as a kid like you would have a like a test or the, or maybe it was the day the report cards were coming out and you weren't quite sure if your math grade made it over the c level oh, yeah. but you got you, you got that gut feeling of like i don't want to go you know, like you do it was just your whole body was a stress ball and the thing is we learned that in school but they don't teach us how to deal with that healthily. So then we take it into our adult years, and then we medicate ill properly, or we drink ourselves into a place or smoke ourselves into a place that only adds to the anxiety. Mm. So where's the surrounding? How do we change that?
1: You know, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I've had to just, when I, when I don't even know what to pray, I'll pray, Jesus, and then I think it's very important to breathe properly. I know that's a strange thing to be talking about right now, but just to be able to breathe fully and Mm. realize that worry is most of the time about things that never happen anyway. That's what's helped me the most. When I used to really worry, I would say, what are the chances of that happening? And even if they did, will I still live? And, you know, will it matter to me a week from now? Typically, it does not.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Before I forget, I wanted to ask you, did you see the clip of the guy getting on the escalator and the guy that stopped to help him? Like, patiently Uh. take his... I have never been more proud of humanity in that moment over something so simple. Like, we talk about anxieties. There are things like that that people are anxious about, but we just walk right past them.
1: It's the sweetest thing. Of course, it comes from TikTok. I'll admit I'm obsessed, but there's a field that's been seen over, well, like 30 million times, an outrageous amount. What they did was an experiment. If there was a helpless man at the top of an escalator, how would he get to the bottom? Would anybody come to his aid? Would anybody care? Would people ignore him? And a little boy that had a little Batman mask on said, I'm gonna help you, I'm Batman. And people cry like right Mm -hmm. away with this video. And they helped gently this man get to the bottom, and wanted nothing in return. You know, right? When well, we just hear so many bad things about people and about the world, and there's a little boy that's, "I'm Batman, follow me." You know, it's the sweetest.
2: Yeah, and and those are the things. And and if you are new to TikTok, just know when you watch videos like that, more like it come up, and it takes the junky ones out of your thread. So just FYI, if that That is
1: really good because people are afraid to see vile things on TikTok and there is some language on there. Sure. Uh, But it it will get filtered out. And so that really helps a lot. And I hope we have just a moment to mention junk fees because it's on my nerves. Uh, Let's just start with one word, shall we? Ticketmaster and how their monopoly and all their extra added fees can also mean paying one-third more per ticket for a place yep. you want to go.
2: Well, and you know me. I love concerts. I just actually bought concert tickets. My uh, One of my wife's favorite artists, is touring the U.S. Uh, this summer, and she's coming local for us. And so that was one of her presents for Anniversary. She's like, babe. And I'm like, no. I was like, this is, a, this is one of your top two. We missed Alanis. And, you know, we already did Elton John. So, you know, this is, we have to. Now, I did balance it with Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. So that's for me. But it was like a baby (laughs) ticket compared. But you talk about the pricing and you look at, well, why is it so much? Because they show you the ticket price. Then they add the fees and you realize, okay, convenience now has a price tag. Well,
1: and they're going after this. They're called junk fees. Hertz charges $6 a day for using a toll transponder in a rental car. What Marriott and Hilton add resort fees to the bill at hotels but nobody would consider it a resort. American, Delta and United list, you know, their airfare and then a lot of them will charge you if you want to show up with more than one suitcase, you're going to pay out the out the ear for some mm. of these tickets. And as as was said in the State of the Union address for a wealthy person, I guess you don't blink, but for the average American, all of these fees, it's becoming too expensive to live. And so I'm glad it appears something may be done about the chipping away of what is, it's like when you get a bill, you're like, what does that fee mean? And I'll try to go on a cruise and see what they wanna charge you for a soft drink, if you when you can have a soft drink package. What? And then a the the fee thing. is on it.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing, though. And as a musician, I'm saying this because this this is where my headspace is. But it 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 allows us to still see great concerts without paying these atrocious prices. Yes, I know everybody wants to see Janet Jackson and everybody wants to go Stevie Nicks and all this, but there are new artists that are on their way up that are just as talented and have great albums that we could support in our local you know clubs or they might be you know playing a, a small little concert venue or an amphitheater support them because then while you can't afford the artists that you grew up on and you didn't see them in their heyday you can support the artist who's going to be in their next heyday and you go oh i remember when i saw them at this little club in cleveland or you know such and such in birmingham like go and see these artists and support their music because there are no extra fees you literally pay like 15 to 28 bucks and you go see a really great singer, a really great band. And if you like country or rock or India, whatever it is, worship music even. That's why I love like winter jam. It's what, $15 a ticket and you get like 800 bands or whatever they bring on the stage. I mean, those are the things that we can do to save money and still support great live music. And you know me, I'd much rather go to a live concert than just sit at home, but that's what vinyl therapy is (laughs) for.
1: For Roxanne and Ace Unlimited, so great to have you with us. We are in for a treat now. This man is so anointed, and to know that he's going to be heard all around the world, thank you to our international viewers and listeners. Mm-hmm. We're so excited to have you with us. He is pastor of Union Springs Missionary Baptist Church and has written an incredible book, and has such a great sermon series that God gave him that he is going to share with us, Fixing Our Eyes on the Eternal, which I think is an excellent thing. It's called Eyes on the Prize. We welcome to the show Eugene Jacobs.
0: Hey, thank you for having us. You set the bar high already. (laughs) So, Eugene, I know
2: that as we start the new year, everybody's thinking physical fit. But I feel like this week, your message really kind of gets us into a spiritually fit realm and a way of thinking. So how do we start that journey?
0: Absolutely. And and, and you use the words that um, that I couldn't have used any better. Hebrews chapter 12 gives us the idea of running a race. Right. But he starts Hebrews 12 and one tells us that. Since we have those cloud of witnesses back in Hebrews 11, he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which that easily besets us and let us run the race with patience that's set before us. And then he gives a, a focal point, right? He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So since you mentioned being spiritually fit as well as being uh, physically fit—that that scripture right there is—it's um, definitely one that comes to mind since you mentioned that.
1: You're talking about eternity, and for a lot of people, maybe some new listeners to this show, that's a leap for them. And yet, when we become consumed with this life, which is materialism, a lot of materialism, yes a lot of trying to define what success means, I think we do lose sight of the fact that when we're saved in Christ Jesus, we have forever eternity with him. Why should we keep our eyes focused on that?
0: Because when we're just looking at the day to day and things that we are just looking for right now, we'll we'll lose sight of the bigger picture. Like if all I'm I'm thinking about is how am I going to get money for this and how am I going to get through this situation, we won't see any purpose when God allows us to actually go through things in life that are meant to bring us to to, to greater places in our lives. Uh, I go to to, to uh, the gym and there's a guy. Who is an older gentleman? And um, he does something really, really, really um, it's, it's peculiar to me. When he gets on the treadmill, he puts a towel over the display. So he can't see what time is in front of him. And I, I sat there, I work out upstairs and I'm looking down at him, and I'm looking at my clock. You know, I go in and I get on the, on the machine and I know how long I want to go. Yep. And so Him, he puts a towel over the display and he just goes until he can't go anymore, right? So for me, I can only go as far as I allow myself, the limit that I set for myself. So I'm just looking at what's in front of me. I'm I'm watching that clock tick and I'm only going to be as good or only going to be stretched to that particular time limit that I'm trying to work out for, but I'm looking at him, and every time he's down, he's getting stronger, and he's getting stronger because his eyes are not on that display. His eyes are on something that you actually cannot see, which is a goal to get greater than he was.
2: Now, but with that in mind, and I feel like I'm speaking specifically for those serving in ministry right now, but people can identify with this of that. Well, I, I feel like I am running the race that God has set, and and I'm just not seeing the fruit, but I'm exhausted And I feel like that a lot of times defines where we are in our lives and our walk and in our ministries, because maybe we aren't 100 percent clear on which direction that race is supposed to be. And how do we identify that clarity and find time to take a nap?
0: (laughs) Sometimes nap's going to come whether you want it or not. But (laughs) but to, to, to to look at Jesus, I mean, look at his life, truly look at his life. And here is the thing that we've got to come to terms with. Do we actually really want to be identified with Jesus Christ in this life? Or is it that we just want to wear the label of a Christian? Because when we look at Jesus' life, he suffered a lot of things. He had a lot of people always around him. Sometimes he had to disappear to get away from people. He went across the sea after he fed the multitude of 5,000. Sometimes he'd have to go on a mountain to pray. But when I look at his life and the things that he suffered and always being pulled away by people and helping people, you know, I get frustrated just helping the few that I'm able to help, but it's a joy for me, right? So when I think about whether or not I'm tired, I look back at Jesus. And I said, God, look at what he did for me. Look at the people that he put up with for me. You know, so again, I have to ask the question, do we really want to be identified with him? He said this, if you do, he said, anybody that's going to come after me, let him first deny himself. So denying yourself means that even the things that you're going to want for yourself that you don't necessarily need. And if God doesn't mean for you to have it right now, you got to deny it. If it's not time to rest right now, I've got to deny it. Whatever he's calling me into, I have to accept that. Take up his cross. And and that's not something that a lot of people are willing to do. And then he says to follow me. So I understand that it gets tiring. It gets frustrating. But the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. If you you don't give up, he says that you're going to reap if you faint not. So it gets tiring it, it gets frustrating people start to just they get to you to, to the point where you just want to disappear like jesus and and end up somewhere else i want to end up on somebody's beach and <laughs> <laughs> uh, or on an island and and just yeah. be somewhere where nobody knows me and nobody needs me sometimes but if my eyes are on the eternal rewards then it makes my journey here so much sweeter
1: What would you say to someone right now who says, okay, I guess there's a heaven. I'm not really sure. Pastor, tell me more about heaven. And how do I get there?
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's about eight questions in one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) First of all, to uh, come to terms with the fact that there is a God. And if there is a God, then there has to be a life that's greater than this life. There has to be. Otherwise, why am I still living? I'm living to see him. I'm living to be with him. And if there is a God, which I know there is a God, then we have to trust his promises. He has promised us eternity with him, where we'll never have to see the serpent slither up in the garden again. We'll never have to worry about being tempted to sin again. Never have to worry about being tired are frustrated, or depressed, are having to go to the doctor, or receiving scary news. This is in the Bible, and this is God's promise for us.
2: So if we're looking at ways for us to be able to be spiritually fit, and I'm speaking as a man, what is the thing, even as a lifetime follower, what is the thing that can stretch to the next level, because I feel like a lot of times we talk about amazing grace, but yes. the sustaining grace people are like, okay, well, I've followed Jesus my whole life, and this is where I'm at, and I'm still tired, and I still don't feel close to him. So what is, what is that thing that those people can do? Because again, if we can sustain our relationship with God, he's there for us in the highs and the lows. And that's the thing we tend to forget. We only go to him when things are awful. We forget to praise him when things are wonderful. And then we're always on to the what next, you know, it's like, well, hang on, let's kind of marinate in this victory for a little while, but we're just so tired. We're just
0: like, gimme, 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 gimme. (laughs) That's a very good question. You mentioned being stretched to the next level. Um, Anyone just in the natural life, Anyone who knows that there is a clearly drawn out goal, that gives them the mentality for how I must prepare to get to that goal. If you want to beat Usain Bolt, then you have his numbers to be able to to um, to 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 try to achieve or try to overcome. And then that gives you you've got to go and find out how can I beat him? What's his style? He gives you something to study, right? A Florence, Griffith, Joyner, whoever else, whatever athlete, a a person who has achieved a certain level in life. We look at where they are. How did they get there? What goal they set? And if that's my goal, I'm not just going to do what they do, but I'm going to push myself to do more than what they do. So when you have a clear goal, that's the mentality. If you want to reach it. Jesus has set a goal for us, he actually stretches us if he is our goal. I was telling my class on Tuesday night that if I just wanted to be like another preacher, then I'd study what they studied, I'd study their technique, I'd look at the things that they did in life, and I can do what they did. And as a matter of fact, if I've got more resources, I can do better than they did. So to look at another person, not saying that arrogantly, I may be able to reach that person. But if I look at Jesus, Jesus is perfect. And the Bible tells us in Romans eight twenty-nine that we were predestined to be conformed to his image. It lets us know that that he is the goal that is set for us. So. My goal is not just to be associated with Jesus, but to be like Jesus, to be conformed into his image so that when others look at me, they're looking at Jesus. And that's not me saying that I am Jesus. I promise you I'm not. (laughs) I don't even deserve to be called a Christian. But Jesus actually is the goal to be like him. And if we're going to be like him, then there are some things that we must go through. In order to be shaped and fashioned like Him, and I know that you, you, both of you have mentioned the being tired. It's going to take that sometimes if we're going to, if our goal is to really be like Jesus. I ask this question: Do you want to just be buried a believer, or do you actually want to be identified with the life of Christ right here on earth? It's not enough for me. Just to be laid in the ground, and somebody say, "Well, I know he believed in God. What am I doing in this life to help somebody? How am I showing someone the image of Christ in me?" People from all over the world they fly over to Jerusalem, right, and they like to walk that the, the uh, they call it the Via della Rosa. They like to walk the trail that they said Jesus walked when he carried his cross, and when they walk that trail, so many people's testimony is that they feel so close to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But you're never closer to him than you are when you're actually suffering for Jesus, or when you're actually being that you're serving for Jesus, or your life is being extended to others in the name of Jesus. I'm more associated with him like that than I am if I fly over to Jerusalem. And I hope I answered your question. Well, and but you bring up a good point, though.
2: I I feel like especially as we're making this connection between physical and spiritually fit, like there's the Michael Jordans of the world or the, you know, Sylvester Stallone's, right? We see them buff or we see them making every three pointer and, you know, they've got like, you know, all 10 fingers have a championship ring. Mm -hmm. But we didn't see the struggles they went through to get there. And I think a lot of times while we may be looking at people who are filled with Jesus and comparing our walk with theirs, we're not fully aware of all of the struggles and the you know trips and falls that they had to get to where they are with God, to be able right. to have that relationship. And I think that's such an important part if we're yeah. going to be telling people about Jesus to say, look, you don't know what I've been through. I'll tell you if you want to know. Yeah. But at the same time, don't look at where I am now and think that I just woke up, accepted uh. Jesus, and life was rosy. <laughs>
0: no. Absolutely. (laughs) That is, is, you're right on it, Ace. And if you go back to Romans 12, he's going through a progression of different things that God is doing. The word that's used in the King James, it sounds like chastisement. But if you look deeper at that word, it means that God is training us through the trials and the tribulations of life. He's training us. He's bringing out something greater in us. I'll give you a few scriptures that give us encouragement about that that training, that chastisement, that discipline, the struggles that we go through. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16, Peter says, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try us as though something strange happened to us, as though this is not what a Christian is supposed to go through. And he's actually addressing Christians that are scattered because of persecution. They're in hiding at this point when he writes this letter. He says that, uh, um, but rejoice, which is a strange thing, inasmuch as ye uh, as partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. There's joy in that. But Romans 5 tells us that in tribulation, that he says that tribulation is work in patience. Patience is spiritual muscle. That is my definition for patience, because the Greek word for it actually means to hold up weight. And how are you going to get stronger? How are you going to stretch yourself past where you are? You've got to go up on the weight and you've got to be able to lift it and lift it more until you're stronger. So the word for patience is actually sort of like a, 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 an Olympic word in Greek culture. It's, it's being a weight builder, a weight lifter. Tribulation brings about spiritual muscle. Spiritual muscle brings about experience. And you do you know experience is the same thing as trustworthiness? So <laughs> when I'm going through trials and tribulations, I'm laughing because I love the word. But when I'm going through the trials and tribulations of life, I'm gaining experience. I'm gaining trustworthiness because God is counting me worthy to go through it. And he's walking through it with me. And he's bringing me out of it, which gives me the next thing that Paul says in Romans 5 hope. I have hope. So I know now that if God brought me through it before, that he'll bring me through it again, because that's who God is. And hope does not leave us ashamed. I say hope doesn't leave us at the bus stop waiting for a bus that's not going to come. Hope is going to let us know that God will surely be there with us. And then James tells us in chapter one, count it joy, when counted all joy, when you fall into diverse temptations, because the trial of your faith, here goes that word again, it works patience, spiritual muscle, amen. So let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The things that we go through in life, even when we feel like giving up, it's a joy, Because the Lord is actually building our spiritual muscle and he's making us trustworthy so that others, when they look at us and they have questions for us because they're going through, too, we're able to help them with the same comfort that God gave us in our suffering.
1: I've never heard it term that way that he has found us worthy of that tribulation. <laughs> it just yes. kind of blows my mind, but it's true. You know, to live as Christ, to die is gain. We're on the winning team here on earth and then yes. we get heaven as the giant prize. I'd say we're doing pretty well.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Eugene, thanks for your time, man. This was spot on home run, man. I think we needed it heading into the new year and uh, you're always welcome to join us anytime. So thanks for helping
0: us to be unlimited this year. Hey, thank you and God's blessings to you all in your endeavors.
2: Hey, we're Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Thanks so much to Eugene for being a part of this show, and each and every week we get a chance to bring you another guest, so make sure you tune in every Friday, subscribe everywhere you like to podcast, and then of course we want to thank My Brother's Cup to get the Roxanne blend of coffee. (laughs) That's why I sing it to myself every time I go to pour a cup, because it gets stuck in my head. I can't help myself.
1: It was so wonderful having time with you once again. Thanks to everybody who contributes and listens and lets us know that you enjoy it. We really do appreciate and thank you so much. Until next time, my friend. I love you. I love you. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at Roxanneandace.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.